Hello, and welcome back to 16 Candle Kids, the place where the eighties pass their death selves. Hello, all. Woo How are you? Ooh. Yeah, good, thank you. Grand. Grand. Yes. Good, good. Hopefully, for our dear viewers, you've had four weeks of delight in the House of Fun. Oh, sorry, the House of Witches Fun, where there were prizes to be won, and totally not a fucking lich at the end. You're welcome. If you've not listened to it, sorry for the spoilers, but where were you? It's been four weeks. In four weeks, we release on a weekly schedule. It's your fault for not following. Go back and listen. God damn it. Anyway, um, it's not your fault. It's mine for not advertising it enough, apparently. Um, <laughs> but the Bingle Bang Bang is no longer in power. Um, or Liam is no longer in power. I am, I am reigning supreme once again, and I am going to, uh, going to take out my anger and frustration on the team accordingly. <laughs> Amazing. Yay! As, as, as the, <laughs> that, that felt so Five Nights at Freddy's then, I don't know why. Ooh. Um, as, as, the, uh, as the way that it is always uh, at the beginning of these uh, other episodes, uh, I believe, if I've done my maths correctly, that we'll be coming out on the 16th of June today. So, um... Any wow. shout-outs that anyone wants to say for 16th to June? Uh, no. Make sure you're free on the 14th of August. Yeah, keep August. that date free for the live stream. Yes, D&D. Day. Yeah. We are doing a charity live stream on Twitch. Um, you'll be able to find it at all the veritable um, Twitch ch channels, such as twitch.tv forward slash the bingle bang bang, or twitch.tv forward slash grimnir singebeard, or if I remember this one rightly, twitch.tv forward slash 16 candlekeeps. Um, all is one world. Um, we will be, we'll be streaming throughout the, uh, a 12 hour period from 9 or so in the morning all the way to 9 or so at night. We've got Liam DMing a mad game in the morning. We've got yeah. Emma doing the stranger things in the middle of the day. And then I've apparently Ooh, got to do a level 20 DMing. game at the end. <laughs> Yay! It's a fun day. It's going to be mental. It's going to be delightful. Yeah. And it's going to be everything that you need for a Saturday off in the middle of August. So come and join us. <laughs> I'm really lucky because I only have to come up with characters. I mean, you've got to come up with three <laughs> characters. <laughs> I, I I say that that, uh, that that's easy, but knowing how you write characters, I feel sorry for you because you've got three massive concepts to come up with. <laughs> oh yeah, I am the concept queen. I'm a I'm a story over yeah. stat maker. It's the but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Um, any any other announcements anyone wants to shout out, or shall we just hand over to the uh, the Discord appropriately named the Bingle Bang Bang Corner? <laughs> I, I hand over. Yeah. Bingle Bang Bang. Um. Right. Well, I mean, this is kind of going to be slightly old news, but it's the first time that I can announce it. Oh. So I hit affiliate on Twitch, which mm -hmm. is a fun thing. Um, which means that I'm going to be doing some more stuff on there. And I'm also going to put someone on the spot right now. Isn't that right, Steve? Well, well, Do we have some kind of a D&D &D project that we are planning to bring to the yes, masses on yes, Twitch? we do. 
Um, we'll be starting potentially hearing this here. Uh, we'll be starting potentially. Let me pull up my diary that we said would be the next one. I think it's actually going to be this weekend. Um, if I remember, no, it's not. Oh no! Um, if you go back and retroactively listen to the first episode, because it we t we should be streaming it on the thirteenth of of June if all goes to plan. Um, so we are retroactively going to be advertising <laughs> go every other Sunday, hopefully. Uh, touch wood, everything goes to plan. And if me and Liam can't do it, then we'll we'll announce it in our streams and such as well. But every other Sunday, starting on the thirteenth of of June, we're going to be doing some bad guy D and D. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Um, so we are both going to be creating. Uh, a villain, and we are going to be uh, DMing for each other, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a nice way to sort of round out how to create a villain and give them a compelling backstory, um, try and avoid cliches, oh, and cliche. um, <laughs> I mean, wow. Knowing the and two characters also... already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, mm, yeah. Yeah, um, but we're also going to be uh, changing around some uh, some CRs on these these creatures, so that you can have big scary creatures that scale with your party. You don't just have to throw goblins and kobolds at them at early level. You can put in big terrifying it's creatures. Cute. Is this you both announcing to Emma and I that you're slowly going to ruin our lives with your makeshift yes. bad guys? I mean... I know there was a joke of having them appear somewhere in the podcast at some point <laughs> later. <laughs> I know mine especially can fit into campaign two really well. <laughs> okay. But, um, oh I'm, no, I'm nervous I'm now. Working yeah, on like aspects of it that can filter through into a series of one shots. Mm. But yes, if you're interested, uh, a lot of people uh, nowadays like to see that other side of the the story. For some people, we always hear the hero side. You rarely hear the bad guy side unless there are really interesting, uh, thought out character like the Joker, who has millions of backstories. You just Everyone agrees the killing joke is the best one. Um, but um, with this, if you are interested in seeing how uh, myself and Liam make our, our evil characters and how we plot out their storylines, you can live their story live with us every other Sunday on the Twitch. Um, I believe we'll be doing it um, on the DMs channel. So on the night, on the nights that, or the days, sorry, that uh, mm -hmm. Liam is DMing, will be through uh, uh, Bingo Bang Bang, and on the days that I'm DMing, it'll be through Grimnir Singebeard. But because we're both lovely people and we love each other so much, we auto host each other anyway. So you'll see it on either. <laughs> Forcing Just come you to... to one of our channels. It'll be fine. Follow us on the socials, and we will be posting our schedule onto the 16 kind of keep socials as well yeah anyway um no right. note for jade <laughs> <laughs> we'll hand you things we'll give worry. you the data don't worry um right with that is there anything else that anyone would like to shout or don't think so let's continue okay glory glory, <laughs> glory. <laughs> um right so We'll be jumping back into...
Icewind Dale. It's been a while, so uh, it's been a while. Sorry. Uh, no, no. Stop it. Bad. Bad, Stephen. You watch too much CR and you listen to too much 90s rock. Bad. Um, so, a Is quick campaign recap. Campaign 2 going to be 90s? Um, campaign two, uh, I will give brief spoiler to, but it's not spoiler. Campaign two is going to be a mirage of different generations. Um, I'm not going to limit us to just eighties references, but it's going to be reference heavy for those that like video games, like music, especially because, you know, I love to get a good music pun in, um, films, TV. I'm going to be spreading across pop, pop culture across the decades like a monster. Um, however, for those that want a, a rough idea of what you can expect later down the line, um, Ernest Klein let out a book not so long ago, um, which followed up his phenomenal first novel. There's your starting point. If you read those, come back to us by the time you've read them. Hopefully we'll be near the end of Icewind Dale and starting that. There you go, ready. Anyway, um, <clears throat> this is where you read it in a day and I have to promise a fucking campaign. Anyway, um, so... Entering Sunblight, the group found the remains of the Duragar Vanguard and four of the six scouts from Brinshanda in the entrance hall. Further Duragar lay dead in a barracks on the floor. Moving deeper into the castle, the group found the flight pattern of the Shardlin Dragon, some fancy dwarven casual wear, and a Duragar brewer by the name of Grandolfa Musgrat. Grandolfa informed the group that she was here as part of Zardarok's courtship for a queen to rule over ten towns after destroying it in the name of Deep Dura, the dwarven or the Duragar god of, I think it's the god of psionics if I remember rightly. Um, she had no intention of staying and planned to leave shortly as Zardarok was obviously mad. She informed the group that her men were placed about the castle and could be noted by their mushroom pendants. Heading down into the forge level of the castle, the group found Zardarok in his throne room with several quagoffs and a Myconid Sovereign. That was a Myconid Sovereign. Uh, hello, we're talking about D&D monsters. Um, anyway, uh, a heavy battle ensued with Erika falling and the other two on the ropes near the end before Zardarok fell and Grandolfa congratulated them on their work. It is late in the evening of the 12th of autumn, 142 AD, and you are literally hanging on by the skin of your teeth after quite an immense battle. Several of the Quagoths that had been charging around the room have uh, now headed back into their little den area, the, the ones that have survived. Um, there is this large mushroom-like creature. It's basically like Groot uh, from uh, the Marvel Universe, but if it was more mushroom-like rather than bark-skinned. Um, sat in the corner, just kind of brushing down parts of itself as it's trying to heal itself up. Um, and in front of you, uh, on the throne, as you all come uh, to speak with her, are two of the Duragar that had been uh, the henchmen of Musgrat, uh, and also herself now sat in the centre of the uh, of the dais, just about to sit down on the throne, uh, for nowhere else is available to sit, obviously. Um, I have shared the map for you all, if you can see it on the Discord. Um, please let me know if there are any issues. Um, however, we don't particularly need the map just yet, unless you do something stupid. <laughs> a point of reference that I would like to clarify. Um, 
I, when I was editing the episode the other day, I realised I did do this in, uh, intentionally. But for those of you that like to tweet in and say, um, actually, um, before entering into the room, Nerenef cast Cordon of Arrows on the door, so only the three of you could enter into the space without being attacked. However, Mazgrandolfa has entered without any sign of attack oh, from the Cordon of Arrows. Just so you're aware, um, I would say that the way that I like magic working in the world, uh, Nerenef, you notice as she walked in, your spell, even though you're not concentrating on it, your small bit of energy that you're focusing on that that spell keeping it there just blipped out of existence before she walked in. Wow. So, I will hand over to you free as I say that Grandolfa enters, says, as I believe the last sentence that was said to you is, we need to talk. Uh, so she sits down and uh, starts to survey the the, de the the debris of the room, if you will. Uh, she could see Zardarok's body lying um, decapitated by the Quagoth um, over in the, uh, the left-hand side of the room. Well, you have removed the head of the snake... Well done. What are your intentions now? That depends. Was there something you wanted us to do? I have no intention for you free to do anything else. You have done more than enough by uh, removing my, um, my shackles, if you will. I will say you are welcome to uh, peruse the rest of the castle if you would like. My men will already be uh, starting to remove certain members of uh, Zadarok's crew because they have been given the signal. Right. Uh, good. Great. Um, I mean... As far as I'm concerned, we basically came here to make sure that the dragon guy stopped making more dragons. Yeah. Yes. Well, he's stopped, surely, looking at him. Um, uh, by the way, uh, Gerald, and she turns to the Dorgar to her left, <coughs> could you get me his gauntlet, please? That would be most appreciative. And uh, the Dorgar, who's to her left, walks over to the body and just unceremoniously just ranks the, uh, uh, the, uh, the gauntlet off his arm. Um, you can see, as you have all been quite up close with him, uh, Zardarok, that is, um, you can see that actually parts of his armour, especially his gauntlets, have also been made out of shardlin. Awesome. Can I do an insight check on, on Miss Dwarf Lady, please? Yep, what sort of thing are you trying to get from that insight? Just checking. Mm -hmm. She seems suspicious. I don't like it. I feel like Jade feels like um, she's about to make a dragon because she's just said, well, he's not going to. Oh, okay, no, no problem. Roll an insight for me. Insight into that. <laughs> I'm like, nope. <laughs> Seven, I got nothing. <laughs> you can tell by her, her tone of voice and you can tell by the way she is commanding the room already that there is a level of knowledge to her that 
she's high, holding back from you, even with a low roll. You can sense that she's got cards that she's playing close to her, 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 her chest. You're not sure what those cards are, and especially as you say, that, that sentence there triggered your, your kind of suspicion of her. But whilst you try to take her in while she's uh, letting Gerald go off and get this, uh, this gauntlet, um, you're not too sure what it is that she's hiding from you. But you get a sense there is something. I um I will I will be straight with you as I say this um there is a uh, there is a a treasury in this level of the the castle which I will be going to uh, loot accordingly before leaving um you are welcome to join me but um again if you are feeling your only role here was to um what was the word uh you, you you just wanted to stop the dragon. By the way, um, lovelies, would you would you have found a parchment with any combinations on whilst you were rooting around in Zardarok's room? Um. That just, is a good question. Just as a reminder, <laughs> yeah, that's a really good I, question. No, I'm just reading my notes. Um, so <laughs> I think it was um, it was Garland. You picked up the scroll um, the scroll holder, which had a piece of yes. parchment in with nine combina uh, eight combinations on it. Sorry. Yes. Then. Well, <laughs> it's been said now. Uh... <laughs> I mean, she doesn't know that. She just knows that it's not in his room. No, it's fine. I'll, 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 I'll take the wording as it was said, and uh, Garland will just tug at his beard. <laughs> Sorry, just, uh, just to confirm, you're showing that you have it. Um, I'm, I'm just tugging at my beard right oh, now. Oh no, not a problem. Um, okay. Uh, may have found something. Yeah, this. And she'll hold up a dragon. The teeny tiny dragon. Right. Well, the combinations that you may have may not, may or may not have found are the combinations to the treasure chests uh, down the far east of this castle. We need his gauntlet to open the door, but we need those combinations to open the chests without having to break them, because they're quite they're quite nicely made chests. If you were to say, I don't know, um, part with a piece of parchment with several combinations on it, I would be happy to part with some of said loot before we leave back for Grakostel. That's very kind of you. Do you happen to know what, what sort of things are in the treasure chests? Well, he was a very eclectic... prize for you as well. It would be half a surprise for me. I'm not sure what he was collecting down here. The little I did see him collecting uh, was uh, quite um, uh, eclectic in its mix. Uh, I believe there were there were um, parts of armor. I believe there were clothing. I believe there was uh, some gems and uh, uh, certain um, monetary values of jewelry. Um, but yes, I'm thinking just go in, clear out what looks useful, and then. Um, Leave for home. Um. Yeah. Now, now you come to mention it, I do remember 
we saw uh, a parchment. Um, Garland will pull it out of his beard. There it is. Ah, wonderful. Would you care to join me for a quick supermarket sweep, if you will? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Wow. <laughs> Not the only one who can make references to TV shows. <laughs> I was going to say the game shows are mine, man. <laughs> Please don't kill me. Um, no, no, no. Not yet. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I'm not going to show you the map for this bit because I think um, the, the map itself uh, is unnecessary uh, uh, because, as I say, the, the rooms themselves have started to be cleared out by uh, Musgrat's uh, people. So I'm going to turn off the, the stream of it. If we do get to a point where a fight is potentially needed, we'll bring it back and we'll have the map in front of you. But let's join to, back to that good old theatre of the mind. Um, so I'll just pop that back off. So... You guys um, start to head out into the castle proper. You are led by Grandolfa and her two flanking guards who head out towards the north door of this room. Uh, it leads into a small corridor, which then comes out onto a large kind of forecourt area, if you will. You can see... Um, off in the distance, you can see loads of tunnels snaking off into the into the the actual mountain itself. And you immediately, for those that were wondering how he got Quagoffs down here and such, realise that he is bringing them in this way. As you can see, a small group of Doragar bodies lying near the entrance of one such uh, tunnel entrance. And you can see this large, hulking creature, massive, brown, furry back, heading back off into the darkness as it slinks off. For those of you that would uh, would be um, interested in knowing, you immediately hold your breath as you see the back of this creature, but then release it as you realise you can't see its eyes as you see an umber hulk running off into the darkness. Immediately to your right, Grandolfa, without batting an eyelid at this, turns and heads towards a large iron gate that sits in uh, sits with a tower to the left of it. Mm. And it's at this point that you can hear in this... Now, the entire level down here has like a small layer of dry ice, if you will, in this kind of smoky dank kind of way it's like there's there's something is constantly burning somewhere in the uh, in the castle and as you get into this area and start to follow grandolfa to the right into this this gate which swings open at her entrance you can just hear this low very heavy <laughs> as you enter as you enter, you find yourself looking over a large cavernous forge area. You can see this large metal, um, this large metal plinth that sits uh, to the south of the room, and you can see the ch chimney that you look down um, on the upper floor at the very bottom of this room. What you can see on this plinth, um, and you can see uh, that there are four, uh, there are four towers around the room with Duragar sat on the top of them with crossbows held up and you can then see that there are bodies of Quagoffs hanging limp off the top of this plinth that sits about five or six feet off the ground 
But the thing that really takes your 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 focus as you walk into this room is this large metal thing that sits in the center of the actual room itself. It has lava falling out of the side of it and dropping into this huge like divot in the ground with anvils either side of the divot running about 25 feet along the ground itself. The room in here is immensely hot. It feels like you are in a sauna that has had someone accidentally knock the, the heating up to top. And just on the inside of this large metal structure, you can see this huge red physical thing gently throbbing with the beat that you can hear of this dum 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 Any questions or are we good to keep going? Um, um. I probably don't want to know. I'm assuming you're what is that? The, wondering about what the dum-dum is. Uh, yeah. mm -hmm. So, um, you'll enjoy this, uh, Mr. Garland, as someone who seems to be quite a, a technical man. Um, I believe that that is um, the heart of the forge, if you will. Um, Zardarok needed something quite powerful and quite warm, if you will, to uh, to melt down the Shardlin, because the Shardlin uh, is uh, a very precarious material. It's it's stronger than steel, but it's lighter. Um, it's a bit like mithril, if you've ever had the pleasure. Um, but also, it it's much more... Um, much more hardened. It doesn't. It doesn't have the same uh, elven properties. It's much more like a, a dwarven version, if you will. But um, that there, I believe. Well, he used to go on about it all the time. Is the heart of an ancient red dragon, which powers his forge. Oh, that's cool. Yes. I mean, I... not the fact that there's a dragon heart here, which means at some point there was a dragon attached to it. That is a brilliant way of powering a forge. It's the only way that he could get the metal heated enough to to mend it into the way that he wanted. And she points to the plinth yeah. down the shelf and goes, "That was where he built. That was the uh, the station where he built the dragon itself. He spent hours down here. And he built his armor here, his gauntlets and stuff, right? Everything was made on those anvils you can see before you." Has he made anything else that we should maybe be aware of? No. Not necessarily a dragon, but He's... anything else? He seems to be very um he seemed to be very single minded when he was doing it. Um we were uh, he we had many conversations over the last few weeks of me being here. But um he, he very much had this this pioneering dream of sending out his dragon into the uh, into the the towns, destroying the towns in the name of Deep Dora, and then rising supreme as with uh, with Aurel's rhyme causing a perpetual nighttime outside, he can go outside and live on the surface. Oh, this man's clever. Is he? <coughs> um, he's got a very high level of intelligence. Um, could you all make a insight check at this point? Yeah. Twelve. Twelve. Uh, 
15. 15? Three. Three. Again, for um, for Garland and Nerenef, there is a slight wry smile that crosses her face when she says, Is he? Um, where you can see that, again, she knows something. There's something about this that seems to be ringing in the back of your head as alarm bells. But you, um, unless you say something, we continue along the room. Just, just a bit weird there. You said, is he? Like in a present tense kind of way. Surely it should have been, was he? Do you know who uses... <laughs> You did that, Emma, because I did it in my head. So <laughs> it's an ancient red dragon. Lands in the... No, um, um, oh, the ancient red dragon. He lived on Drury Lane. Yes, um, there you go. Um, she she smiles again and goes, Do you know what sort of mage uses the spells that um, Zardarok commonly used to move things around like it was a a, a cantrip for him? Well, technically it is a cantrip, but... Um, terrifying one? No? Well... Not a lich, is he? He's not <laughs> a lich, no. He's not that He's not that powerful. Um, he um, is a warlock, meaning that he gets his power from a larger being. Or was, excuse oh, me. Thank you for your, your suggestion, uh, Ms. But uh, he was a warlock, meaning he gets his power from a larger being and he does things in the name of his being, which means that potentially either he is working for Deep Dora or, and I'm only saying this because if I were a patron of a warlock, I would enjoy the mischievousness of it myself. Someone is pretending to be Deep Dora and is guiding the idiot or guided the idiot to his un untimely demise. Both are options. Warlocks have been known to do many powerful, ridiculous things in the name of their deity. But there is a there is a hankering got... to it. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. So he got these ideas from his patron and not someone else in here then? No, I believe he's... Uh, he, as I say, everything he spoke about, what he was doing in the name of Deep Dora... Um, which is a lovely thing as a Doragar, but also most of us know that Deep Dora does not speak so plainly. Right. Also, the uh, the power of the the power of the the Shardlin has a, uh, a somewhat. Uh, uh, and she, you can see that she has been making Ger uh, Gerald Carroll, uh, Carroll, uh, Gerald carry the gauntlet the entire time here. Uh, you know, the, uh, the the Shardlin has a property which seems to uh, <laughs> weaken one's uh, mental fortitude as well if you spend too much time with it. <sighs> which is why you've got Gerald to carry it for you. Yes, I'm not touching the damn thing. <laughs> Have a move. Well, what do you plan on doing with it, then? As I say, that's the key to the treasury. Uh, by the way, don't go that way. And she points to the bottom of the uh, uh, the bottom of the, the room. Uh, sorry, for yourselves, it would be directly ahead of you to the east. But she points to it. You can see a corridor which has several black statues flanking the corridors up to a large double door again. Don't go that way. Very painful. Come this way. And she gestures uh, to the south of the room where there is another double door. 
and she heads nice. it, she che she follows down that way and um, guides you into let me just pull up my notes for this bit again uh, yes so you come into a shrine area as you come in here um, so she opens the double doors and you find a shrine area with uh, plinth uh, plinth in the middle of it with deep dora this is uh, huge in, in a paradox, uh, paradoxical way, this huge dwarven statue um, uh, that sits in the centre uh, of the room. It's a female <laughs> figure with uh, very glazed over eyes, and there are six mind flayer heads that circle around the plinth. Um, not actual mind flayer heads, but they are carved into the stone uh, that uh, circle around her, each of them on a small spike. Uh, and she sits with her hand pointed up into the air uh, in the centre of this room. You can see that there are candles around the edges of the room and there are small uh, doors that go off into little like smaller chambers for people to go and worship in the, uh, in the, the area itself. Um, she points towards the wall to the east of the room again, where you can see nothing um, for all intents and purposes. Um, he goes, we need to go for a secret route because we, we don't fancy the electricity. Um, you can see that there are two doors, by the way, um, on the the southern wall here. Um, one of them, you can hear the, the familiar clinking of the elevator uh, behind as uh, this is the other side's elevator uh, of, the, of the castle. She guides you again uh, through a secret door into a, uh, a barracks area and guides you down a, a, a winding corridor that basically comes up the other side of the uh, comes up the other side of the double doors that she said not to go down as you get here you can hear again you can't hear it as much now from the the, the dragon's heart but you can hear this low electrical thrumming that seems to be coming from the door and as you get closer, you can hear you can hear like the static charge as the door is electrified. <laughs> so, if you would like to follow me down to the uh, down to the left here, uh, not to the left, sorry, the the right here, we'll go get our rewards and then leave, shall we? Sounds like an excellent plan. She guides you down into a small area where there is a kind of... It's a small alcove-like room with double door uh, open already. And you can see this portcullis that sits on the other side of the room ahead of you, about 15, 20 feet into the, the alcove-like room. And you can see that essentially there is a large uh, block on the side of the portcullis uh, on the wall itself, which looks like a handprint. Um, as you can see through the, the bars of the portcullis, you can see that in the other side of the room is a large room with loads of small tables with chests on them either side. There looks to be eight chests in all um, dotted around the outside of the room itself. Gerald steps forward oh. with the gauntlet and places the gauntlet's hand against the handprint and the portcullis slowly, you hear the <laughs> as it drops slowly into the ground again. Well, as you've found the combinations and you've done the hard work, I will allow you to go in and take first dibs on uh, on the chests. However, please 
bear in mind I am asking to take half of the uh, the reward of this. I am aware that I did not combat with Zardarok himself, but also I am aware you are not at full capacity now. Mm. And she smiles towards Gerald and the other Durga. Oh, she's so suspicious. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, she did literally just threaten that if we try and take more than half, she's going to kill us. Yeah. <laughs> that's not even... I'm pretty that's sure not she's... Just no, sus. That's not even she's... <laughs> I will say... Especially... I, I feel like oh, she's about to trap us inside. Uh, I'm not worried about that. I will say for Garland and uh, Nerenef specifically, uh, Garland as a dwarf, you would know the, uh, the 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 tacit knowledge about different types of dwarves. So uh, you know this as much as Nerenef, who has lived up in the northern regions of of the uh, of the world itself. You know that Duragar are very plain speaking. They very much they don't butter their words, they tell you what they're thinking, um, and if they are hiding something on you, it's because they just don't want to say the thing, essentially. Okay. Fine, I have one so first level spell slot left. <laughs> oh, sorry, what was that, uh, Erica? I was just saying, so we can kind of assume we just take it at face value what's being said. Yes, if it's not been said out lie, uh, if it's been a lie, you know it's an outright, and you know it's an outright lie, you know that they're basically just going, I don't want you to know something. Um, they they are very plain speaking. They very much don't like to mince their words, and they like to like she has just said. I know that you are uh, at half capacity, so I will okay. I will be able to kill you if you try to turn this on me. Yeah. And also remember, okay. she has just had her guard clear out the rest of the castle. So if she doesn't do it, something's gonna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Garland has the. Scroll. Should we should we open up some chests? Let's open up some chests. Okay, so you've got four on either to make it easier for yourself. One to four are on the left hand side of the room. Five to eight are on the right hand side of the room for you. What chest would you go to first to open? Um, I would say we're going to go with number one, please. Noel, please prepare to phone <laughs> the banker. Yeah, I would go with number one. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Garland, um, you step in, take a quick look around, and go right. First number is always the best. Walk up to chest number one. You open the parchment and copy out the numbers into the combination on the front of the chest. And there is a gentle click as it opens up. You find inside ten stoppered gourds. Um, as as it opens, there is a very... Yes. Um, you find ten stoppered gourds. Uh, as it opens, you smell this... It's a beautiful wooden oaken smell that doesn't match the smell of the actual chest itself, which is just this plain, dark wood. It looks a bit more like it's been made out of ash than it has been out of oak itself. And it has these very plain um, iron barrings that go around the sides of it, making it very much in that kind of, like, fable-esque kind of chest. Um, oh, okay. Uh, but you can, as it opens, you get this beautiful, dark, wooden smell uh, coming from the gourds. Um, to let you know what's in them, just so you don't have to go through a hole. Let's check this thing. Uh, you have ten gourds of fire lichen liquor. Or lichen liquor. Fire lichen liquor. I never know how people say that. Is it lichen or lichen? I say lichen, but I don't... I say lichen. I don't always... know if there's a right way. I've always said lichen, but then that's because I grew up 
playing D and D, so I've just seen Lich and. Um... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 on the same fence as you there, but I'm. Lichen Lichen. <laughs> Lichen Lichen. Yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> same difference. You know what it is. It's that. It's that you moss-like substance. Yeah. A fire lichen or fire lichen is a uh, is a luminous substance uh, in the uh, in the underdark that allows people when it grows in natural habitat, it lights up the dark caverns of the uh, of the underdark. But when fermented and uh, uh, kind of uh, distilled down to its liquor form. Um, you get a very potent, enjoyable uh, drink, which uh, keeps many a cold man warm on a winter's night. <laughs> oh, it's like fishermen's friends. Yes. How many gourds did you say it was? There's ten gourds. They're worth about ten gold each. Okay. I'm going to shout back to her. Um... Ah, there's ten stopper gourds. Five of them are yours. Well... It's... Fire, lichen, liquor, possibly. We can, we can do this one of two ways. We can half each box, or you can take four boxes and I'll take four boxes. Which do you prefer? I think we should half each box. Let's open the boxes. Yeah. Let's open all the boxes and then decide. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> pop it into the kitty in the centre of the room and we'll see how we do. I will take it over to the centre of the room. I'll okay. put it down. She is just sat at the doorway at this point. She's in the room with you. She's not uh, just because I know there was that worry. Uh, she is in the in the chamber with you, but she's sat by the portcullis, just letting you have your first pick uh, as you have the combinations in hand. Um, next chest. Should we just do number two? Should we just go in order? Or do you want to be really random oh. with it? We can Five. just go in order. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Five. Yeah. <laughs> so go. Let's just go for two. Number two. Okay. So um, what I'll do is I'll just read out the list of what's in each chest for you. If you would like to yeah. stop me at any point, going, I want to check something or I want to do something, I'm happy to do it. But if you are happy me for to for me to continue, I will go as read that you're just opening each chest. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Gonna regret that, but yes. So, yeah. So. In chest two, um, you find a gold mask in the shape of a drow's face. Um, as you pick it up, um, it uh, it's quite light and uh, delicate to your touch. Um, it's very beautifully crafted. Um, you get the sense that it'd be worth about 750 gold uh, in, in a good retail market. Um, and also there is a bag underneath it with 350 gold pieces as well. In chest Jeez. number... In chest number three, uh, you have a silver chalice that is shaped in the likeness of a spider. Um, so it's the the chalice is set, the legs itself are the 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 parts that hold the chalice up, uh, and then the bodice or the body of the of the spider itself is the actual cup. Um, and around the front of it, there are eight obsidian eyes uh, that are kind of melded into the the silver itself. This would be worth 250 gold. Chest number four. Chest number four, please. Um, you find a very fancy spider silk robe um, which has uh, dark mantle eyes uh, kind of embroidered onto the, uh, the, the, the hem. 
Um, it is a, it's very opulent. It looks, it, as you pick it up, I'd say, because uh, Garland is the one who's going with the combinations and opening each other. As you pick it up, it's so beautiful to the touch. It's like it's almost like you've just pushed your hands through water as you pick it up. Um, but it comes up quite easily. But you feel as you pick it up, there is something in the centre of it. Uh, it feels to be like a thin uh, rod-like uh, thing in the centre of the, the wrapped-up robe. Um, would you like to open it and find out what's inside? I'm probably going to regret this, but can <laughs> I... Yep. Can I please attempt some bullshit sleight of hand? <laughs> oh no. Yep. Uh, what are, you, are you trying to take out the the wand? Uh, sorry, I say the wand, so I spoiled what it is. But uh, you take. I'm, I'm kind of assuming it's going to be a wand, so yeah, I kind of want to. No, that's fine. Uh, I want to try and like turn it out and look at the like make it look like I'm looking at the clock and yeah. see if I can just slide this wand. Not a problem. So um, as now enough, you've asked, can you help out? I'd say you um, you have you have noticed that Garland has gave you a side eye look. Uh, so you turn around and just uh, start to make uh, small talk with Grendolfa. Uh, so if you want to make a sleight of hand check with advantage, um, you can see if you can get that wand out of the way without seeing. Um, well, I rolled a nat 20 on the first one, so <laughs> I'm not going to bother with the second. <laughs> yep. However, oh, God. that is an 18. 18, lovely. Um, <laughs> You deftly just, as you're starting to unfold it, slip the uh, slip the the wand as it comes to sight uh, down into your sleeve, uh, and then unfurl the the cloak again to show the full grandeur of the cloak. Um, you can see that yeah. it actually has uh, the dark mantle's head has been made as a hood on the top, um, which is somewhat disconcerting for people who know what dark mantles are. They're <laughs> not mm. something you want over your head. Um, they're basically like dark squid-like creatures for people who don't know a dark mantle. I apologize. Um, uh, that um, The squid-like creatures that float in the air, very kind of like uh, vampire bat squids that live in the underdark. Um, so, um, we continue on. Um, I will also let you know that as you feel, feel the cloak um, itself... Um, you you get the sense that this is just a normal cloak. There's nothing fancy to it, um, apart from its make. However, in chest number five, as you open it, you find another cloak, which you immediately recognise. And I will not be saying the elven name of it, because I'm not going to try say it and fail. <laughs> you oh, find, but now you have to. You find no. a cloak of elven kind, it's immediately obvious what it is. They are sung. Their their heraldry is sung throughout the Sword Coast. Um, the 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 inlaid kind of um, stitching of it and the way that it's been designed. It's immediately obvious what you're looking at. Um, I would like to unfurl it in the exact same way. By the way, oh no, just so that it fine. looks like that's just what I do. Um, for for this then, as you do it, just to confirm it almost to the group, as you flick it, it's almost like it disappears in mid-flick mid and then drops down into itself and you can just see the shimmer of some sort of fabric hanging in the air as this cloak is designed for those sort of people that want to uh, become a little more hidden um, for those that are not sure what an Alvin kind cloak does. Um, for those that want to know what the Alvin word is, it's spelt P-I-W... A-F-W-I. 
not going to try to say it. Because no. Pew wi fi. Pew wi Yeah, I don't know. I know. The Wi Fi. I know that um, <laughs> I know that um, elven words have a level of Welsh flavour to them, yes. um, or at least a lot of them do. So it could be if you want to go off and ask Google Translate to read it out in Welsh, go for it. <laughs> um, we go on to chest number six, um, where the um, uh, where you find an amber headdress. Uh, which is this uh, this beautiful kind of like tiara set with uh, chains hanging off them that come down to ear earpieces and uh, they have three large purple pearls that hang off the centerpiece that would hang and drop onto the forehead. Um, this is worth 2,500 gold pieces. All the money. Oh. They don't One expect you to survive this, do they? <laughs> You've worked your ass off to get down here. Um, chest number seven. I'm going to read what's in there before you pick it up. Because I know what I'm about to read may cause some pause. So. Okay. Also, before uh, before I go and read it, um, because you're opening the chest, um, could you roll a charisma saving throw for me, please, uh, Garland? Ah, <laughs> oh, what was in uh, sorry. Oh, sorry. What was in chest? Uh, <laughs> that was the headdress with the purple pearls. Um, okay, that's not too bad. That's a nineteen. Nineteen, nice. Um, because in the current position, uh, um, Nerenef is chatting with uh, with Grandolfa. Can I just check, Erica? What would you be doing at this point, just in case it might need you to do it first as well? Just I'm just just going from chest to chest. So you're also with Garland here. Could I have a yeah. Christmas saving throw from you as well, as you would also see what's in the chest? Yeah, let me get my scores up. I don't like that wording. <laughs> There's always something nasty down here. Oh, sorry. Twelve. Twelve. Excellent. Um. Right. Could you roll a d100 I for me, please? I hate it when you say that. Me? Oh, no. Ah. <laughs> yes. Could, Erica? Erica, could you roll a d100 for me? Yes. And then I'll explain what you're uh, seeing. <laughs> uh, really, interestingly, there it is. It's all right. It was buried. 20. 20. Lovely. Um, so for you, Erica... As the chest opens, and both you and Garland have a moment of just... Uh, and there is a genuine... Both of you, you can't even stop yourself. You take an inhale. And for you, Erica, time just stops. You freeze in place. You you can almost feel... For someone who has been dead for uh, however many years you've been a ghost, it's almost like you can feel your heartbeat returning and throbbing sensation echoing the 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 heart of the dragon in the previous rooms just echoes in your earbuds and you can't stop it you're panicking you can't breathe and you're panicking and you don't know what to do and then a, a few moments later you manage to work out i just need to breathe out and you breathe out again and things start to turn to normal in this time it's only been a couple of seconds so or at least a minute i would say probably uh, for this um 
but for Garland, um, you who is not affected by this see a six or seven inch tall stone statuette of Demogorgon. Two baboon heads on a large bipedal body going down to lizard-like legs and two huge tentacles splayed out in a very aggressive stance uh, inside the centre of the uh, the chest. It is a small stone statue um, or which I believe has uh, no it has no uh, has no value to it apparently but it is there and there to annoy people. <laughs> um, can I place it on the non-magical uh, cloak, you can with its, indeed with its faces aimed down towards the ground. Yep, not a problem. Um, as you do so, um, you hear just a, a, a kind of small gasp from uh, from Grandolfo, who sees it, and go, oh, "I didn't know he was collecting that sort of thing down here as well. That's just distasteful." <laughs> <clears throat> for just because I like to put the other books into the world, I reckon that Out of the Abyss happened before this game. So um, I like the idea that there has been a tragedy in the Underdark because the Demogorgon was involved. Uh, or, not the Demogorgon, excuse me, that's Stranger Things. Demogorgon was involved because his name is Demogorgon. Um, uh, and to the final chest. Yep. Let's get cracking. With that, I am just going to double check. You're happy to just go and open the chest. With yes. the fact that you've just opened a chest and something bad happened. Yes. Yeah, we've we've been doing fine so far. I mean, you know, we've only had one dud chest out of it. It's been fine. Okay, not a problem. So, um, could I please, as you open this chest, have everyone make a constitution saving throw? <laughs> um, Garland, you have advantage. <laughs> I got a 10. You got a 10? Yes. I've also dropped my notebook on the floor, though. Um, 24. <laughs> 24. Okay, all of them pass. Oh, okay, I, I understand now why I have advantage. Okay, cool. Yep. <laughs> Dwarves! <laughs> uh, sorry, so it was a 10 for... Was that for Erica, sorry? Erica, yeah. Yeah, and then Nerenef, what did you get, sorry? Eight. Eight. So, Nerenef and Erica, you take eight points of poison damage as you hear the click of the, the next chest open, the final chest, and Garland, as you're right in front of it, you see a puff of yellow smoke-like um, smoke -like substance break out and it immediately starts to disperse around the room, a bit like that, gray, that green gas that was up in uh, Zardarok's room. You being someone who works with different materials and such, immediately pa panic and realise what this is and grab a cloth and cover your mouth and head towards the door area. You see that in the chest just before you turn that there is a small deep gnome body inside the chest that is covered in yellow mould. Yeah. However, whilst you were turning, you did see that there was something glinting in the eye socket of the, the deep gnome's eye. Um, 
you turn up and dash away uh, to to block yourself and being a dwarf uh, you are you're kind of a little bit more resilient to yellow mold um the other three as well seeing this puff just panic and back up uh, erica and um uh, erica and Nerenef, what would you do with this moment of you t- inhale this accidentally and suddenly your entire body just seizes a little bit and you start to have this stinging sensation in your in your lungs um, seeing I mean, that everyone else is stepping back, I also move back from the chest and hope that it passes. Yeah. Okay. I'd like to think in all of my dungeon trawling as an archaeologist, I would have come across something like this before. So yeah, yes. I would have copied. Yeah, I would say, uh, especially because it is dungeon-based stuff, yellow mold, you would be very much aware of this. You cover your mouth, uh, you try to cover your mouth as you, you get there, but unfortunately you're not quick enough. I will say that you would know... Well, uh, my pack was turned, so... Yeah, I would say that you would know at this point that drinking some of the fire lichen would help. Um, however, could I have another constitution saving throw from yourself and Erica at this point? Okay. <laughs> oh my... <laughs> I didn't think it could get any worse, but I got a seven. Seven. Um, So as you, I I would say for yourself, uh, Nerenef, you knowing what we need to do, um, you step forward and grab one of the fire lichen uh, bottles. um, And as you see, uh, you see Grandolfa step forward and turns and casts Firebolt towards the box. Uh, you would know immediately why she's doing this as well. Um, Yellow Mold is immediately uh, incapacitated by fire damage, um, which is why you're also going for the Lycan drink. Um, so I would say just as you reach down and drink it, you take another seven points of poison damage, but you knock back the Fire uh, liquid, uh, liquid just whilst uh, the other the other group start to remove the problem from the room. Fair enough, how are you doing on hit points? The damage was at the same time as I was drinking? Yes. Because the damage was higher than my HP. Yeah, I had a feeling... So as you take that that glug and you start to feel the, the sensation clearing out your lungs, you start to get very dizzy. I'd say in this instance, not just in like a HP way, I think the best way to kind of describe this is kind of like, you know, when you, you've had, uh, you drink too quickly and the then go outside and the oxygen hits you, you have that same thing of suddenly your lungs are released from the pre- the pain, but the, the liquor then hits you and you're basically just knocked out by this point. Um, <laughs> wonderful. Um, as she drops... Um, can I try and catch her, please? Yep, you run forward seeing what's happening. You can see that Grandolfa is clearing the room, so you're not too worried anyway. You just jump forwards, grab her, uh, and basically soften the landing as you lower her down to the ground, uh, seeing what's happened. Okay, wonderful. And then I will be uh, casting... uh, some kind of stupidly named uh, thing. Uh, which one? Which one have we got left? My one first level slot that I have left. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give a, a good beer's pick me up. <laughs> Lovely. Um, so that will be one d eight plus four plus four from my uh, alcohol. 
alchemist feature, so 16 hit points. Lovely. Oh. Mm. Well, I apologize to see that last chest was um, not as not as good as the others. Um, uh, is everyone okay? And she turns to see um, you helping uh, Nerenef up to her feet again. Are you are you fine? Yeah. Okay. Thanks to my good old buddy Goodby. <laughs> she punches arm, but like in that chummy way. <laughs> right. Well, let's let's divvy up the uh, the resources we have, and um, with that, um, I will say with the time that we're on, we will wrap up the episode here. As you start to divvy up resources, what we'll do is between the between the episodes, uh, I can have yeah. a chat with you which parts of it you would want to keep, um, and just say if she would be happy with that, and then uh, we'll we'll come back uh, on the next episode for you guys next week. You can hear hear what they got and what joyful things they have, but also we'll see what happens in the next episode of Sixteen Candle Keeps. Yeah. All that want to say bye, say bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to 16 Candle Keeps. Your players were Emma Bamford as Erica Jones, Jade Leanne Pierce as Nerenif Halladar, and Liam Thornton as Garland Goodbeer. Your DM was Steve Archer. Theme music by Steve Archer. Background music was performed by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com. Other background music was performed by Bombarded Podcast and can be found at bombarded.bandcamp.com. Artworks thus far has been created by Bingle Bang Bang. Thank you for listening, and we shall see you next week.